Hey, this is Tyler Johnson, pastor of Mission Church located in Walnut Creek, California. I want to say thank you for tuning in. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you live the life God called you to live. Enjoy. All right, I got a lot to preach today. It's a good one. Uh, first service, loved it. So I think you're going to like it too. All right, um, we're in the series out. Who's this Jesus? Time of message is when Jesus makes a big statement. When Jesus makes a big statement. Let's pray. Oh God, we need you. Lord, the Warriors need you. Come on, let's just, let's, I never pray sports, so don't judge me, but the Warriors need some prayer real quick. Lord, would you bless the Warriors, take the lid off the rim, come against the referees and all those foul calls. Lord, bless the Warriors. We forgive Joe Little for being a Laker fan. And Lord, we pray for his conversion in the name of Jesus. Um, all right, that's enough sport prayer. Let's actually pray. Lord, we need you. I come against stale Christianity. I come against distractions. For the next 35 minutes, I come against cell phones, stealing from what you want to speak to us. Oh God, we need you. May my words fall to the floor. May your words soar. God, you want to meet us here today. You want a fresh encounter with us. You want to speak to us. You want to redeem us. You want to set us free today. Oh, the opportunity in front of us. May we open our eyes and see the greatness of our God. We love you so much. Oh, we love you, Jesus. And everybody said. We're going to be in John 15 today, John 15 today. Uh, it's the, a very famous text about Jesus being the vine and us being the branches. Let's dive in. You ready? John 15:1. I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. Stop. I'm not going to do this every verse, but i got to stop right here. I am the true grapevine. That means there's fake grapevines. Can I just tell you real quick, the world wants to make you a Christmas tree, and God wants to make you a life-giving tree. What you talking about, Tyler? Let me unpack it. Okay, so um, I lived uh, in Washington State, uh, Evergreen State. If you didn't have a real tree for Christmas, you were the weirdest family in the world because you could like in your backyard and just cut a tree down. There were trees for days in the state of Washington, especially Christmas trees. And so uh, they had like Christmas tree farms where you'd go. They'd have a little train. You cut the tree down. You bring the tree back. You put it in this little holder, a little bit of water in there. You get decorated, and it looks beautiful. No tree looks better than a Christmas tree for about four weeks. But about week five and week six, it was starting to look a little light green. And we liked to keep it for like two months because we loved it. We had four kids in our family. We loved it. But by like week seven, it started turning a little yellow and getting brittle and ugly. And the reality is, is that the reason why it was dying is because it was cut from its life source. Yes? Now, here's, let me, let me unpack this. You ever been to a church with a beautiful building? Their bathrooms even worked? <laughs> like one of those churches? All the bells and whistles, toilets? You know what I'm talking about? If you don't know, our bathroom's broke today, so if you need to use a bathroom, hold it. Um, anyways, um, or you can go across the parking lot to the field house. Anyways, um, they got the big old LED wall, but you come in, and it's just stale. Churches can become Christmas trees if they don't rely on the presence of God. But let me not talk about churches. Let me talk about you, okay? Here's the deal. You can become a Christmas tree. Because what happens is the world tells you, hey, if you get this, this in your life, you're going to be good, and you're going to look good. Here's, here's what I mean by that. Um, here are some fake vines that some of you believe that are going to give you joy. Because what is a vine's purpose? It's to produce joy in you, produce life. So if you walked into service today, and if your soul actually had a soul meter on your forehead, where would your joy be today? Would it be overflowing on full? Would your fulfillment meter be overflowing on full? Like if we could just read the meters of your soul. Peace, full, joy, full, fulfillment, full, strength, full. I'm just doing great. I'm full. Or would they be running, man, I'm running on fumes. Man, I got, I got no joy today. I got, I got no fulfillment. Because when you plug into the wrong vine 
and you make a spouse, can I just say, okay, your spouse is a terrible vine. They may last, like, the, the joy may last for like, I don't know, a year, seven years of a great marriage, maybe 10 years, congratulations. But the reality is, is that a, a marriage cannot be the place for your true source of joy. I, I, I pastored in a town, my very first town, it's about 10,000 people up in Washington, and kids were the vine in that town. Man, they loved their kids so much. So much so that like the kids were the source of all joy to them. And what I noticed a lot was when the kids would graduate and leave, leave school and the kids would no longer be in the house, divorce was rampant in that town. Because once the, their vine left, everything left. Getting kind of awkward in here, yeah? yeah, yeah. I'm talking about real stuff today, okay, okay. And what I would ha- I see happen a lot, and it's just, uh, just pastoring for a number of years, is when their kids would leave, then they'd be like, I gotta, I gotta do something new with my life. Maybe, okay, like, I've, I lost my purpose in my kids. I need to find a new vine. Maybe it's a hobby, a career. Or I have a career, and I lost my, my joy in it. Now I'm gonna actually have kids. Whatever it is, they're always trying to put more stuff and make themselves a Christmas tree instead of actually planting themselves in the life-giving vine that is Jesus. Do you wanna get planted today? Okay, so... I've been debating. I'm going to end the 11:30 with that. That's a little too intense to start church out with, <laughs> right? Uh, dang, Tyler, I came to get encouraged today. Okay, uh, that'll be that'll be the closing in, in the 11:30. Um, we'll go backwards. I'll start doing verse 22, one. Okay, anyways, um, uh, chapter two, uh, verse two. I mean, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. I uh, have three weeks left in this Who's This Jesus series, and you know this one is when Jesus makes a big statement. And I was going to preach on Zacchaeus climbing the tree, one of my favorite texts to preach. Such a fun one. And I woke up on Tuesday, and this was going to be in the three weeks that I'm finishing with John 15. And the Lord just brought me to John 15 on Tuesday morning, my prayer time. And I just read through it over and over and over again for an hour. But verse 2, I just couldn't get past. Verse 2 was so hard for me to, because what I was doing, I was reading the verse and then praying the verse, reading the verse and praying the verse. So. You know, I'm the true grapevine, and I'm just praying, like, Lord, Lord, I pray that I would never, ever be fooled by a fake vine. So I'd just be praying over the vine. And then number two, you know, chapter two, he cuts up every branch of mine. He prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they'll produce even more. And I was going to pray, Lord, would you, would you prune me? And I didn't want to pray it. I was afraid of God pruning me. I had this fear that he was going to cut things that I didn't want him to cut. Does anybody relate with this? Am I the only one? And I'll, I'll just give you a little of my journey. I've never had problems praying that prayer. I grew up on food stamps. I was a youth pastor for nine years, 200 bucks a week, saving souls for Jesus. I could pray that prayer so quick. God, prune what you need to prune. I got nothing. I was living in somebody else's house. You can prune their house, not my house. I mean, when I'm married, just prune away, God. Like, like what is there of me to prune? Like, it was such an easy prayer. Take what you want to take, God, and add what you want to add. Year and a half ago, two years ago, we got a you know a, a little family gift to help us you know buy our first house, and um, you know church is going phenomenal, and life is great, and so 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 when I was reading this, I was like I was like, yo, we good on the pruning right now, Lord? Okay, you can we're gonna just gonna go to verse three on the pruning. You're gonna leave all this alone because I really like it. What a foolish man to think this is the best God has for me. To think this is it. I got my fruit. I like it. I don't want you to prune anymore. I'll just take this little portion. And Jesus is saying, if you would trust me to cut where I need to cut and to leave what I need to leave, I'll take you from glory to glory to glory. Our, our church in March 2021 got cut down to a stump. Ooh, the Lord just came and just snap, 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 prune. And 
it was my least favorite season in that moment. I'll never forget it. We come back. You know, our first two years was really special. We started with 27 people in our backyard, grew to like 700 people in two years. It was really special, especially in the Bay Area. And, and then COVID happened, and we come back on Saturday night, and there's like 150 people in the room, and, you know, Lisa's lead worship, and, and, and people are in the room spread apart with masks, and they're like, this is literally like the vibe in the house. The great I am, the great I am. There's like one or two people that are like, the great I am. And I remember like, Lord, are you done with us? Like, is, is Mission Church done? Like, I just feel like he just pruned us to the stump. I would never change the pruning for the fruit that we have today in 2023. We started leaning into prayer like we never had before. We started understanding really the way we need to build the house of God. And when God starts to prune, ooh, watch what happens. Watch, watch, watch a thousand salvations come after the pruning. Watch, watch a life-giving marriage happen after the pruning. Some of you, you've been trying to plug into fake vines and do your own thing. Can I just, can I encourage you real quick? Trust God to prune the right things. Amen? That's just two verses. I'm crushing it right now. If it's that good after two verses, it's going to be a good message. Is your faith high? Wow, the back's clapping. That's new. Okay. Okay, back. Okay. Challenge accepted from the front row. We got a little clap battle maybe going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't just clap to clap. Wait for the right moment, but then let it rip. All right? Are we all on the same page now? Okay. And we just don't clap to clap here. We let the enemy know. Yeah! All right. All right. Um, uh, verse 3. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I'll remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine. And you cannot be fruitless unless you remain in me. You cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. And here's the, the, the big text that we're going to kind of camp on today. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Everybody say much fruit. Much fruit. Come on, I'm lo I love that we don't serve a God of lack. He's a God of abundance. He doesn't want you to have just some joy. He wants you to have much joy. He doesn't have some peace. He wants you to have much peace. And he goes on to say this. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Turn to your neighbor and let him know, Nothing. The other person, just kind of look at him. You heard it, nothing. All right. Here's the, here's the crux of what Jesus is trying to say. He's saying, I'm going to bring organic change. I'm going to produce things from the inside out. The world can give you mechanical change. I'm going to give you life-changing organic change. What, what does that look like? Um, it'd be like, a, and I've you know, been now pastor for 20 years. I believe in counseling. I think it's one of the greatest things you can do for yourself. Um, they're going to give you tools. Uh, but sometimes what I'll see when, uh, like, a married couple comes in and the, the wife's going to, you know, I just, I'm down. I wanna, I'm going to leave him. He's, he, he's, he's been terrible. And so then the husband's like, okay, I'll change. And so the husband changes, but it's all mechanical. And so he makes all these different things that the wife, you know, was saying that was frustrating and it was her in the marriage. And so so he, he bends in a certain way for a season. But that mechanical bent was not a heart transformation. So as months go on, the husband starts to bend back to his old ways. Sometimes, rarely, they stay there and they just get really resentful towards their wife because they feel like they are now living in a legalistic marriage instead of the way they want to live. And so what Jesus is saying is, I'm not here to bend you for a season and mechanically have you follow rules because that's what can happen to Christians a lot. They get saved, and they're like, okay, I'm going to do this, 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 this. And like, I'm not asking you to bend the rules. I'm asking for you to ask the Lord to come in your heart and transform you from the inside out. So we're not trying to bend people here. God doesn't want to bend you. He wants to melt you. You want to really change metal? You better melt it. 
And I love, we pray this all the time, Hosea 11, 10, when the lion roars, come on now. I, I was a little sad we didn't sing lion today. Who was sad we didn't sing lion today? It's like my new hymn, like, sing lion, sing lion. Um, and I'm like, never mind, we don't worship worship, we worship the Lord, but I love that song. Um, it's coming back, it's coming back. I got the service script. I'll let you know when it's coming back. Um, but um, yes, uh, the reality is, is when the Lord starts to encounter you, he starts to melt things off you. And he starts to shape you in a way that you never could be shaped. You can do nothing without God. You cannot create the life-giving life you desire, the joy you desire, by bending your life to, to, the, to suppressing things. No, you give your life to the Lord and watch him melt things away and strengthen things that remain. Amen? All right, let's keep going. Anyone? <laughs> I just got that, the claps. Yeah. It's a pretty bad clap, actually. Even after my talk. Anyways, okay, well, uh, anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch uh, and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you, will, uh, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. I've obeyed you. I, I mean, I've loved you even as the Father has loved me. Remain in my love. When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and I and remain in his love. So many remains. Okay, here we go. Um, I've told you these things so that you'll be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. Keep it on the screen real quick. I, I, one of my things I can't wait when we get to heaven is I hope they have like a DVD or, or you know, MP3 or what kind of thing on file where you can just go and watch Jesus' life on earth and preach. Like, like I want to go see Jesus preach this message uh, like literally in person. Because I wonder, I wonder how he'd preach it. You know, I wonder, you know, he'd start off a little soft. Because John lets you know, when it comes to verse 11, Jesus be shouting. There's an exclamation point right there. Now Jesus was like, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. Like, I, I, I just picture Jesus being a passionate communicator. And I just picture him, you know, when you obey my commandments, you remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I've told you these things. I wonder if he just started ramping up right there. So that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. I wonder if he's staring at John right there, the, the writer of this. Your joy will overflow. Your inheritance is not a spirit of lack. It is a spirit of abundance. And there's three things I want us to look at today in this text. And I, and I hope they speak to you. The branch that resides, the gardener that renews, and the vine you must rely on. The first one is the branch that resides. Now, we, we, we just read this. The word remain, you'll find it in the first 10 verses 10 times. In the, just the gospel, John, you'll find it 24 times. In the New Testament, John uses it over 100 times, 118 times to be exact. There is this theme of remain, abide, abide. Whichever translation you have, abide, abide, remain, remain. The Greek word means to lodge. It means to live here. Kick your feet up. Don't leave here. Stay here. This is the best place for your spirit and for your life. Remain in me. I find myself uh, missing it when I start giving Jesus different I am's he never actually said he was. This is the seventh I am in his seven I am statements. He finishes with this one. Uh, you know, I'm the great shepherd. I'm the light of the world. There's a seven. I'm the bread. And this one, I'm the vines. I, I've given the Lord eight, nine sometimes. I sometimes treat Jesus, I'm the gas station. Can we get filled up? Live my day, run on fumes, get really tired. Come back to Jesus, get filled up, run on fumes, and then come back. I treat him like a gas station, and he never said, I am a gas station. And a lot of us treat Jesus like that. 
come to church on Sunday, get filled up. And we hold on till next Sunday. And she says, no, if you will abide in me, if you'll stay here with me, it will change your life. Let me give you a picture of what I'm trying to say. Um, so Google the word, uh, just Google verses drifting away. It is a theme, a warning. Do not drift away. Do not drift away. Do not drift away. And the reason why uh, drift away is most commonly used is that's usually how a, a Christian usually falls away from the Lord. Very few Christians like have a great day Sunday and just sprint away from the things of God. Uh, I grew up in the state of Washington. We camped um, every uh, Christmas. That's what you do when you're balling on a budget. And uh, so we would camp, and uh, my mom would blow up these little floaties for us, little air mattresses, and uh, they would have this little cutout of clear things so you could actually look through them and look at the um, uh, water, you know, in the lake underneath. And as a little kid, it's like the coolest thing ever. But my mom had a rule. Stay next to the shore. And she said, hey, the, the lake will drift you away, and there's boats and jet skis out there. Stay next to the shore. And so my mom, we'd stay there, and my mom just being a mom, you know, we'd like, hey, stay by the shore, you know, start cooking breakfast. Hey, I said, stay by the shore, you know, like, like, it'd be, like she could be like talking to somebody, stay by the shore, you know, like, like it was just like, like in her like uh, Rolodex, you know, she'd be like, uh, you know, um, singing a song, time, stay by the shore, like over and over again to us four kids. My mom could say it ten times in her first ten verses, but I was a kid, and I'd get caught up, and I'd start looking down at my little air mattress floaty. And 30 minutes would go by, and I get a terrible sunburn, by the way, one of my worst memories of my life, uh, but different story for a different day. Um, and I'd look up, and I'd be in the middle of the lake, and boats would be flying by, and jet skis. I was like, my mom is going to kill me, or that boat's going to kill me. And I remember having to, like, swim back to the shore. And I started thinking about this, this text, and Jesus, John's not saying this, Jesus' own words saying, stay by the shore, remain here. Abide, 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 abide. You stay here, there's life. There's abundance. You go out there, there's death. Stay here. Now, now let me, what does it look like to abide? We gotta spiritually talk about that real quick. Because again, like you leave, you're like, okay, I don't even know what that means. Shout out to Ian, I saw Ian earlier. Ian Longton preached a message about two months ago. It was so good, it was so good. And one of the things he talked about was the position of a disciple being right next to Jesus, just walking with him all day long. And ever since that Sunday, that has marked my prayer time. That I literally, before I leave the house and during my prayer time, I'm saying, Lord, may I be right next to you for the rest of the day. May I be with you. May I stay close to you. I'm going to share a fake vine uh, that, that I have to deal with sometimes in my own life. And I think some of us deal with this too. Um, Easter was amazing. Who loved Easter? Amazing. There's the clap. All right, there we go. Perfectly delivered, perfectly executed. Um, so Easter uh, was amazing. A few thousand people, um, over 100 people got saved. Electric was an amazing weekend, Friday to Sunday with Good Friday. I remember by like the third service, we had four on that Sunday. I remember telling the Lord, like, Lord, I can't wait for Monday. I just want to hang out with you. Because Sunday for me, to be honest, is a lot different from Sunday for you. I feel oppressing on Sunday. I'm not only preaching to you, I'm preaching against principalities right now. I am wiped on a Sunday. I'm tired on a Sunday. Like on Sunday, I feel like a Mary and Martha. I feel like I'm, I'm like, I'm cooking the food, I'm being with Jesus, and I'm cooking the food, and I'm presenting the food, and I'm being with Jesus, like, like all these different things. And I was like, Lord, I just can't wait for money just to hang out with you for a little bit because I, I just feel like I just, you know, I, I hope I'm pleasing you because I just, I just feel like I'm pouring out. And that's a part of the thing God called me to just pour out on Sunday. So then Monday I wake up and, I start reading my Bible, and I'm 
get into Ephesians 1, and there's this verse in Ephesians that says that he was pleased to save us. And it destroyed me that day. I just had a picture of Jesus smiling over at me when he saved my life. And when he saves me today, still stupid things. And I just started weeping. <laughs> and then Rachel walks in and she goes, are you okay? And I was like, he's pleased to save me. He was pleased to save me. I like cover my eyes with ball. And she's like, do you want me to leave? I was like, I'll take a hug. And I was like, so she like hugged me. And then she's like, are you going to be like, I just having time with the Lord. So thankful. You know, I was like, I was just bawling my head off. And when, when those moments in the morning happen, the rest of the day is great. It's like the best day. Like I got in the car, I was golfing that day. It was an early morning. I was going to golf after that. And I was just like, la da 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 You know, people are cutting me off. I'm like, God bless you, la da 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 He was pleased to save me. I don't care. Flip me off. I don't care. You know, it's like one of those moments. Like, like when I am abiding in the Lord and I have moments with him like that, woo, it's the best. Now here's the problem. Memories of intimacy is not real intimacy. That moment I had on that Monday was for that Monday. I need a new one today. I need a new encounter with my God. I need to plug in today and say, God, I need you. I want, I want to read your word, and I want it to cause me to weep. There's a pastor I heard. He was uh, traveling, you know, really famous, and, and they were, like, going for five years, and, and he said that he had backslidden to his mentor, and his mentor said, what do you mean you backslid? He says, when I open my Bible, I don't weep anymore. When's the last time you had a moment like that with the Lord? And I don't come into the, my times in the morning with the Lord like, all right, Lord, you know, in the beginning. Oh, my gosh. In the beginning, Rachel. In the beginning. Come here. Like, like, I'm not like crying every morning. I do cry a lot. I do cry a lot. Especially when like, I just, and, and I, I think it's, I, I melt a lot when I'm with the Lord. When I think about what he's done in my life, what he's given me and entrusted me with and blessed me with, destroys me in all the right ways. But when I am off, I'll be the one cutting you off on the freeway. I, 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 can I read you something real quick? I wrote, I, wrote down, I, wrote, I wrote down my proclivities when I'm off. Okay, ready? Um, oh, yeah, I'm about to tell myself. Here we go. Uh, when I'm off, when I'm not abiding, and I start getting to the middle of the shore, I start to feel unappreciated. Anybody thankful for anything I do? All I do is pour my life out. Encourage and build and build. You know, I'll be cleaning the kitchen and, and Rachel will, will taste the, the, this for sure. Like, all I do is clean the kitchen. I'm the, clean, I'm the, I'm the kitchen cleaner. You know, like, uh, you know, like, and I want, like, I want her to like, like present like a trophy to me for me to feel better about it. Because when I'm off, I feel very unappreciated. Another thing when I'm off is I feel ill-equipped. When, I, when I'm unplugged from the Lord, I just start, things start to crush me. This, this calling starts to crush me. I start going, oh my God, oh my God. One message, Lord, I have no idea what I'm supposed to preach the next two weeks, really. Oh, my gosh, it's going to be so hard, Lord. Is there anything left? that I, Do I have any more illustrations, Lord? Like, I just started to like, you know, oh, oh, you know. Lord, our bathroom is spitting up water in the kids' room. Lord, why? Why? I start, I feel ill-equipped. When I'm not plugged in, I feel so ill-equipped to live my life. The other thing I get is I get suspicious of people. Start looking at you different. Started just assuming the worst, like, what did that text really mean? You know, like, uh, <laughs> I, know, like I just, you ever see my Sunday when I'm smiling? You ever see my Sunday when I'm like this? 
because I don't do that on Sundays. <laughs> plugged in. It's amazing when I'm not plugged in and abiding with the Lord, I, I just I assume the worst in people. There's no grace for me to cover them with. One little thing that they do say, maybe that they shouldn't say, I have no grace for it. But man, when I'm plugged in, well, I mean, a couple other ones when I'm off. I have a lack of passion, lack of joy, lack of peace. I'm fear-filled, I'm anxious, I'm depressed. That's just a handful of mine. Whatever, we'll get past that, okay. Um, but when I'm on, when I'm abiding in the vine, when this branch resides, it does not leave the vine, well, I feel great. You know, and I'm not like, like my feelings like perfect, but I just have a peace that, like, that is not of this world. Like, I, I'm, I'm fearless, I'm gracious, I'm focused, I'm passionate. I have a joy. Like, I, just, I just got a different kind of moxie on my life when I'm dialed in. And the reality is, is that <laughs> it takes branches. This is something you don't, when they plant the branch, it takes them three years to produce fruit. You feel encouraged? There's no instant fruit in this game. This is not how it works. You just have to know that you know that you know that being faithful to every morning, because I, 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 I'm telling you, like, I pray and I read every morning. And I'm believing that because I reside with my Lord, that there's just fruit that's going to bubble up throughout the week. And because I did that for a whole month, it's going to do something different in my relationships and friendships and the way I shepherd because I know where I'm supposed to reside my life. Let's go on the next one. So you got the branch that resides, the gardener that renews. He says, I'm the true gate vine. And Jesus slips his hook. And the father is the gardener. Like, so why, why, you know, like, I, I'm, the, I'm the vine, but the father, he can be the pruning. He can be doing the pruning. He's going to be doing the clipping. And something you need to know about um, vineyards is they grow two branches. One branch that provides nothing, just steals the nutrients. And the other branch that produces all the fruit that needs all the nutrients. And so... A vineyard needs constant attention. The, the, uh, the study I was looking at is you are high maintenance. I am high, yeah, y'all high maintenance, okay? If you're married to a spouse, like they're high maintenance. They were built that way by Jesus, okay? Like I'm high maintenance, my wife's high maintenance, we go out to lunch, we're both high maintenance, okay? I want ranch, I want, my, my drink's getting a little low. I'm like, oh, did they notice my drink's getting a little low? I, I, have, I, have, I have a small esophagus, I need to have liquid every time I eat something. Like, like I'm, I'm high maintenance, like, like, it's not just because I want my drink there, I just need my water or my Diet Coke. So I'm always like, oh, oh. And, then, and then the waiters that are just so like on top of it, I'm like, oh, God bless that person. I'm high maintenance. My wife, she's high maintenance with salads and martinis, that's it. But she is high maintenance. You know, can I get a, a dirty martini, extra dirty, maybe some olive juice on the side? And the olives, do you guys have the blue cheese? Could you put those in the middle, please? I'm like, dang, girl, is that a meal or just a drink? Like, like that's a whole list. Did you bring a paragraph to give to the person? And then, like, sometimes, like, can I get an extra side? There's, there's not enough olive juice in I'm like, oh, you are so high maintenance with your martinis. She drinks them once in a while. Don't judge, okay? Um, uh, we believe you can have a, a, a drink of alcohol at this church. Um, don't get drunk, though. That's it. Oh, hey, there you go. That's all I got. Okay. Um, now, when he says he's the gardener, I just, you just got to picture this with me real quick. And I, I know it's, it's interesting, but, but picture yourself actually as a branch, because that's what Jesus is trying to do with us. He's like, picture yourself as a branch. And just picture the reality that there is a part of your life every day that is sprouting up just to steal the nutrients from your soul. Just things that shouldn't be there. Every single day. I get a haircut once a week, fresh and clean. You guys like it? Come on now. I get my beard trimmed. Come on now. Oh, fresh, fresh, fresh. I feel so beautiful after a haircut. I go two weeks, I just feel so ugly. I put a hat on, I'm like, I'm just so ugly right now. Um, 
but when I get a haircut, or, or, or how about this? I have to shave every day. It's a practicality. Of course I do. But when it comes to our soul, we don't think the Lord needs to shave down some things every single day. Like, oh, today I was, wasn't selfish at all today. I wasn't angry today. I wasn't fearful today. Wake up the next morning. Guess what happened? Fear sprouted up a little bit. Selfishness sprouted up a little bit. And then if you don't allow the Lord to tend to it, and you don't let the gardener renew it, that thing starts to get really, really big. And instead of you being a fruit-bearing person, you become the selfish, anxious person because you never let him cut down the tree that needs to be cut down. You need a gardener that renews you. No, no, let's keep going with this thought. Um, uh, I got a truck probably, I don't know, a year ago, a year and a half ago. And one of my favorite things about getting a new car is that new car smell. Everybody love that new car smell? I love it. I love, you know, people get in like, oh, new car smell. Yeah, it's new. It's new. It's new. Like, like I love even like people celebrating. Oh, I love the smell of your car. New car smell. You know? Um, and then you go to the car wash and like, would you like the new car smell spray? I'm like, no, because it doesn't smell like new car smell. It smells like spray. Like that's some fake stuff. I don't want that in my car, you know? And, and so, um, and again, like my truck, like it's a little GMC Canyon. Like I know I get judged by real trucks. It's cool. Um, you know, I pull up to like a Dodge Ram. He like looks down on my little truck. He's like, oh, that, well, that's adorable. You know, I could put you on my little rear view mirror there. Good, sir. I'm like, I love my little truck. Okay. Anyways. Um, so I'll be cruising my little truck. And I remember just one day, one day I came out to my car. It's like six months in and the new car smell just was gone. It's gone. It's gone, guys. It's gone. That's sad, yeah. No, no, here's the deal. I remember like a year in, somebody got in my car and like, did you eat McDonald's yesterday? <laughs> smells like McDonald's. I was like, no. Like, you want to cut me deep? Tell me my car smells like McDonald's, old McDonald's. A year in. No new car smell, just old McDonald's smell. I was like, no, I did not eat McDonald's. I did leave my golf shoes in the back, but that's it. Guess my shoes smell like McDonald's. <laughs> <sighs> Catch this. When you are with the Lord, there's this verse in Revelation 21.5, behold, I make all things new. And it literally is an affinity word of, it's new every day. New, new, new. It's not that he just keeps your car fresh. It'd be like you going out your driveway and a new car was there every single morning. And, 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 and what he's saying is, if you would allow me to be the gardener, people would never say, you smell like old McDonald's. That when you bring your fragrance into a room, Fresh mercies there, fresh peace, new joy, new grace. You never lose that new smell because God is always breathing newness on you every single day. But you become that Christian that doesn't hang out with the Lord, you become stale McDonald's smelling car. I met you before. You know who you is. You need a breath today. You love religion. You love old things. You love old memories. You, you, you have a judgmental spirit on you instead of actually a gracious spirit because you hang out with religion, you don't hang out with the gardener. And so, so my prayer for you is that you would allow God to breathe on your life. Now, 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 now I, I want to almost um, title this uh, point the, uh, the gardener that renews, but also the gardener that resets. So once you start actually producing fruit after three years, constantly will be pruned for the rest of its life. A couple times a year, snip, 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 snip. It needs to be reset and reset because it produced great fruit, but if it just kept going, it would actually not keep producing fruit. It would become stale and become just a, a lifeless branch. So it has to be pruned back to get reset. And some of you, you've been following the Lord for a long time, and you just haven't been reset for a while. You just haven't allowed the Lord to reset you. And, and what, what happens when you don't get reset is you start to have like a glitch in your life. 
And, and the glitch is like so many different things. It could be a glitch of anxiety over and over again. You're just anxious all the time. It could be you've been in this bad rhythm of looking at uh, pornography. You're just like, I, just, I, I know I'm not social. I just keep on, in, I'm just in this glitch. Or, or maybe it's like a glitch of anger or a, gl- a glitch of, of, of depression, whatever it is, but you're in this glitch. I grew up in the 80s. I'm an 80s kid, 90s. I love the 80s and 90s. Any 80s and 90s people in the house? Come on now. Who had a Nintendo? Raise your hand. The real ones. Nintendo was the greatest gaming system I'd ever seen. Atari was whatever. Nintendo came. The graphics were amazing. Super Mario had secret worlds. Super Mario 3 was probably my favorite one. Super Mario 2, though, is, is a classic that isn't respected enough, but that's a long story. Um, but Super Mario 3 was one of my favorites, and you could fly, and you get all these different suits. And um, I remember um, playing Super Mario 3, and my, my game system would get a little older by Super Mario 3, and, and uh, Super Mario, I went to go fly and jump out and fly, and he just, like, glitched. He was like, ah, ah, and so the game is just, like, going like this over and over again. And I was playing with my buddy, and I was like, oh, my gosh, my game is broken. He's like, oh, you don't know? I was like, no, what? And he popped out the cartridge, took the cartridge, and he goes, I got this. I'm like, you're spitting in my game cartridge. Spit fixes it. He's like, no, I'm blowing on it. And so he's like. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what you're doing. And then he put it back in, turned it on. Mario was back at it. And I was like. You Nintendo gaming genius. And what happens in our life is we just, we've glitched. And the gardener says, can I just, can I breathe on you real quick? Can I breathe a new rhythm on your life? Can I breathe more peace on your life? And some of you just haven't let the Lord breathe on you. Man, I just, I cannot stress this enough. I am a disciple first, everything else second. After this study, I've never used statements this big, but when Jesus makes a big statement is the title of the the, the message. I look at my read time, my prayer time, my community living people with Jesus time, now as life and death. Not something I need to squeeze in. Not something I have to do. Something if I don't do it, I start living a life of death and a deathly rhythm. And if I live this way, I live a rhythm of life. Not that I'm trying to create rules in my life, I just know the importance because Jesus says, you can do nothing. You cannot be unglitched on your own. You cannot be refreshed on your own. You cannot be renewed on your own. This is the most important thing for your life. Budget time. I'll tell you one more. This bonus. I didn't give this to the first service. I feel like somebody in the room needs it. Um, Who loves their uh, prayer time with the Lord in the car? Raise your hand. It's a good time. It's a good time. Can't be your only time. I'm going to pass you real quick. Vineyards, branches are so sensitive to environment. The soil has to be perfect. And when I was studying this and processing this, I, I just thought about my, my times with the Lord. Like, when you go to hang out with the Lord, you got to create a beautiful environment. Get your phone away from you. I love some worship music playing, I, I, and I like reading. And I give this, unru- and I, I wake up early, so that's my, my jam, and I just give the, the first hour. Nobody else gets it. He gets it. And it's this beautiful environment. And it's different every day because the Lord has something new he wants to do. I'm sorry, but you're not going to be able to, you know, um, we were talking and uh, can I tell him, where's Lisa? Can I tell him what you're saying? I loved it. Uh, so Lisa's like, yeah, I gotta, I'm going to work on my environment. This, this morning I had Grayson talking to me. Uh, what else did you have? You had the curl, curling your hair and then you had scripture being read or sung. What was it? Yeah, audio, audio. audio recording playing. 
And she's like, I'm going to work on my environment a little bit. And then we're like, Lisa prays fast. She's praying in the sanctuary. But she's one of those people who's just like, Lord, I want to live for you every second of my day, you know. And, and I catch myself sometimes like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read my Bible, put on the warriors, and have a good time with the Lord. <laughs> you know, Ephesians 2, he's pleased to save me. I call the foul, you know. <laughs> Get in the hope. Okay, okay, back to, the, back to Scripture. Like, like, that's just not the environment. Like, you have to guard your environment. As your pastor, look at your day and find a place to have the best environment to encounter your God. Amen? I'm going to invite the worship team to come up and we'll finish with this. So we have the um, uh, branch that resides, the gardener that renews, and the last minute, the vine you must rely on. Here's the crux of it. I want to finish with it. Yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. The world has taught us how to jerry-rig our hearts. You know the word jerry-rig, jerry or jury-rig, whichever one you want to say, they're both okay. It's a sailing term to where when a sailor's um, sail would break, they would make shift to sail out of whatever they had left so they wouldn't die at sea to get them back to shore. They'd duct tape it or get a shirt, something that would just get them back to shore. And so there's a bunch, you know, if you just Google like funniest things people ever jerry-rigged, people like do a lot of crazy things with jerry-rigging. I'll, I'll show you a couple. I, I got a couple pictures. I'll show you one. So here's one. Uh, there's a, a car. Just duct tape it. We don't need to take it to the shop. Uh, next one. Uh, there you go. Hey, there you go. Uh, I, uh, uh, fixed it. We're all good. Uh, next one. So this is my favorite. Let's just duct tape the cracks and they'll stay there. You laugh at it, but that's what you do to your soul. But that's a different thing I'll talk about in just a second. Uh, oh, shots fired. Okay, keep going. Next one. Uh, so if you're not rich enough, if you're not rich enough to buy a toilet with a seat warmer during winter you just put some socks on it and you don't have a cold toilet seat anymore i didn't say these are going to be appropriate let's keep going there's your headlight there's your headlight there's your headlight uh next one there's your shower head okay we're, we're gonna make it happen uh next one oh, there's your uh, window washer i think I, got, I think i got one more one more where's the where's the door ah, there you go hey uh, if your lock breaks put on a bolt lock If there was a spiritual scanner to scan your soul, how much duct tape would be on that thing? How many jerry-rigged things would be on it just so you can get through the day? And the reality is, is that the world teaches you how to jerry-rig your soul. And Jesus says, I just don't even want to fix your soul. I want to give you a, a brand new life. I want to give you a, a living soul. I want, to give, I want to give you new life, a new brand new life. And if I could just... Sure, a quick little story. I, I feel like I was, uh, this, this pierced me in a way. I was like, man, Lord, I, may I always stay close to you. There's these pastors, honor, love, respect. Um, I've golfed with this guy a couple times, uh, ate dinner with this guy a couple times, you know, planted church on the East Coast and uh, didn't know their story. The first 10 years, planted the church and the church was growing like crazy, but it was just so hard. And instead of trusting God and abiding in God, they, they started finding different ways to, you know, numb the stress and numb the, numb the, the just the, the weight of what life is. Because pastoring church is hard. Raising kids is hard. Having a career is hard. Life's hard. Everybody, everybody can we agree that life is hard? We don't have to compare hard. Everybody, it's just hard. And so they started jerry-rigging their souls in a way that was leading to death. The wife, she became a functioning alcoholic. 
pounding alcohol every day for seven years, pastoring while she was pounding alcohol for seven years. Her husband, who was basically just falling out of love with her and frustrated, started looking at pornography every day and started fantasizing about running away with other women. So what happened the first 10 years? And they just came to this place and they came to their mentors and said, we have just, we've, we're lost. And so she goes on to talk about like, how do you rebuild a life that's been that, you know, that broken? And she didn't talk about Jerry Riggin at all. That was just something I just thought of today. It was something I feel like I've done with my soul at times. And uh, she talked about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah, with a lot of pastors, a lot of pastors climb mountains. Like I was like, I don't know, the guy was climbing Mount Tibidabu. I was like, I think I need to climb a mountain if I want to be a pastor. The only one I'm going to do is Mount Diablo. Okay, 4,000 feet. One day, I'll be like, I was climbing, uh, climbing Mount, uh, Mount Diablo. Where's that? Oh, a tall mountain in the Northern California area. Um, Mount Kilimanjaro is like the fourth tallest mountain, 19,000 feet. Um, and she said they had a guide. And the guide basically said, wherever I walk, you walk. So watch my steps. This is where you step. And he would scream out this thing throughout it because it's about a five to nine day trek to climb the mountain. A lot of people try to get it real fast, but if you do, do it too fast, you'll actually die because of the oxygen deprivation, how it works. You actually have to do it. In a, there's, a, there's a pace to it. So the, the guide in Tanzania would, would, would say, poli, 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 which means slowly, slowly, slowly. And, and, and it made me think of this verse uh, this morning. And it says this in Matthew 11. Are you tired? You're worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And it just made me think about this series and really the, the heart of it is simply as Jesus saying, follow me. Watch my feet, every step. Watch the pace of grace, poly, 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 slowly, slowly, slowly. So I started Googling Mount Kilimanjaro hikes and, and want to see how much they cost and, and what it was. And I was like, can you climb it on your own? And, and it's prohibited. You cannot climb the mountain on your own because you will die. There are five different routes. One route has a 95% success rate. The fifth route has about a 40% success rate. And the reality is that when you're trying to climb the mountain of life, the mountain of marriage, the mountain of raising kids, the mountain of career. You cannot climb this mountain on your own. The, the, the success rate of doing it on your own is 0%. It, it just creates death. And Jesus says, if you'll follow me, I've got a way better success rate than 95%. My success rate is 100%. I will bring you to life. So if I could just encourage you this week, be a branch that resides. Give it the gardener and let him renew and breathe and cut back things that shouldn't be growing and just rely on the vine every day. Pray the prayer that I've been praying. That I just loved how you put it. Lord, if you're right here, I want to be right here. And where you walk, I walk. And where you stop, I stop. And where you forgive, I'll forgive. And where you love, I'll love. And where you're gracious, I'll be gracious. Where you're going to stand strong, I'll stand strong. God, I will follow you for the rest of my days. You are not a gas station. You are a vine. Will you bow your heads with me? I'm not sure if it's your first time or second time at church. You ever said yes to Jesus. The Bible shows there must be a response to what the Holy Spirit's been doing in your heart. Opening your eyes, opening your ears, softening your heart. Maybe you were melted today and you want to say yes to salvation. With every head bowed and eye closed, you want to say yes to Jesus. 
On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and catch my eye. One, two, three. Raise it up and raise it high. Oh, hands all over. God bless you. God bless you. I see you and I see you and I see you. Come on now, hands all over. That's a great decision. Come on now. Oh, that's a full clap. That's the whole room clap. Everybody can clap for that. Will you stand up? I just want to pray for you real quick. You don't have to go an hour. I'm going to encourage you, Pastor. Start with 10 minutes in the morning. Just 10 minutes. Watch how those 10 minutes grow. You're going to start enjoying it. Put on, put on Lion or put on whatever worship song. Start with 10 minutes. Read one chapter in the morning. Pray. Start getting a community. And watch yourself staying close to shore and staying close to God and watch what it does in your life. God, we love you. God, would you bless Mission Church. God, we repent for trying to climb mountains on our own, for drifting away. God, we come back home today. And somebody say, we are going to abide. We are going to abide and remain and remain. You are the vine, we are the branch. Oh, would you produce much fruit in our life? Lord, we love you, we love you. Everybody said? Thanks again for listening to the Mission Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Bay Area, we invite you to come join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at missionchurchca.com. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.